0: Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingall standing in for our host Cathy Sheridan and just a reminder that you can subscribe to our award winning podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can always find us on irishtimes.com If you do want to get in touch we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or you can always email us on the women's podcast at irishtimes.com and you know we're like anyone else we do like a bit of praise from time to time so if you like what you hear please go to iTunes give us a review and tell all your friends about it. Before we get started today, I just want to tell you that the Women's Podcast is partnering this year with the Body and Soul Festival and as you know, it is Ireland's most beautiful festival with three days of music, art, culture and well-being. It takes place on the Summer Solstice Weekend, June 22nd to the 24th in Ballinlock Castle in Westmeath and 2018's edition of the festival includes Fever Ray, Chronic's, Arca, John Hopkins, Iron and Wine, Baxter Jury and James Holden and the Animals Spirits. So head to bodyandsoul.ie, pick up a final tier ticket, and be sure to check out the Irish Times programme on the Woodland stage, which is taking place on Saturday afternoon. And of course, the women's podcast will be there taking part in that day too. Now, Women for Election is a not-for-profit, non-partisan organisation that aims to inspire, equip and inform women to succeed in politics. Last year, we had Women for Elections' Neve Gallagher and Carolyn Curran on the podcast as they launched a crowdfunding campaign to raise €50,000 that they needed to continue offering their courses to women interested in getting involved in politics. In February of this year, Kirin de Bush was appointed CEO of Women for Election. The Kerry woman was previously the director of StartStream Strong, an advocacy organisation campaigning to improve early childhood care and education policies in Ireland. Recently, she spoke to our presenter, Cathy Sheridan, about her new role, the kind of training women for election offer any women who are interested in politics, and why it's so important to keep working on female dual representation, which currently, as you know, stands at 22%. She also talked to Cathy about why a strong woman is nothing to be afraid of.
1: Kieran, you you've only been in the job a couple of months as CEO of Women for Election. After a period spent working with children in education with Start Strong, what have you been picking up in that time about this effort?
2: Well, I suppose the, the clearest thing over the, the past while, and, and it's no great surprise, is the number of women who are loud and strong about needing more women running for election and how we need more women across all aspects of public life, uh, particularly within politics and particularly within the Dáil, uh but that there is this huge driving need being articulated by women that that we need more women, and it's as simple as that. We need more women, uh, and, and I suppose the, the role of women for election then is to ensure that there are more women who are uh, trained up and ready to go so that when there is an election, there will be more women candidates because... The last general election has shown us that as long as we have more women candidates, we'll have more women elected.
1: You see, Kieran, this is the problem. It sounds like it's a done deal. We've got the quotas. We've got these loud, assertive women like myself. Um, So what is the problem? Why do they need further nudging and pushing?
2: Well, I suppose the problem is we're starting from such a low base. We've reached the heady heights of 35 women in the doll, which was great. It's great progress. Um, What percentage is that? That's, as I'm going to check my numbers because I'm never good for numbers, that's 22%. um, And that's just not good enough. Uh, We need more than double that amount in there. We're we're half the population. We should be half of those in the doll. We should be half of those deciding our legislation. Uh, So part of the the thinking is it's a done deal, we have the the gender quotas, but we're coming from a low base and we also have the barriers. I mean, anyone involved in engagement politics will have heard us and and half the country talking about the five C's and the blockages that are there, you know, cash, culture, confidence, the candidate selection and And all of those things. And childcare of course. Never forget. (laughs) All of those are are blocks there. And I suppose where Women for Election comes in is we can help and we can particularly help in terms of confidence. Uh, and, And that's a key component of the training that we provide to ensure that women who are interested in politics, who are passionate about politics, who have an ambition to run for politics, have the confidence to put up their hand and say, I want to be a candidate. The difficulty with that is, as a kind of a, a, a pony and cart
1: situation, you need the women to put up their hands in the first place before they come to you. Is that right?
2: Well, we also, I suppose, we would have links with the political parties, uh, the trade unions, the business community, and and we would be asking them to to push out the information about our training. Um, our training is for anyone anyone interested in politics. They may or may not go on to become candidates. and uh, Quite a few who would have done our training have gone on to become campaign managers and then others have become activists within the, the, the political system in Ireland but not necessarily candidates and may not become a campaign manager. But they are engaged in politics and I suppose that's what it's about. It's about women taking the next step. And for some women, that next step is going out leafleting and canvassing. For other women, that next step is becoming a candidate. Um, and we're there to, to help women take that next step and ensure that they have the confidence to take that next step. That's very interesting. So you're
1: not just putting your hand up and saying, I want to go for the doll" or I want to go for the presidency, maybe. Um, I actually am prepared to start basically distributing leaflets, but I need to know what this terrain is like.
2: Yeah, and quite a few of the women who would have come to us previously um, were, were interested in politics, knew what their positions were, didn't necessarily know where to go within the political system. And, and part of what we do is really break that down and explain the political system, the various different parties, who where you go, um, some women will be particularly political in terms of issues but but wouldn't be familiar with the parties um and then others are independents and and want to retain that independence and would have a very clear idea I want to be a candidate um as as do some of the party members as well but it it's to try and ensure that as many women as possible are engaged in political life and public life through which then we will have as many women as possible, running as candidates and 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 then elected, um, and we need that. You know, we need. While it's critically important that that we have a lot more women in the Dáil and the Shannon and in our council chambers, we also need more women within political parties. We need to ensure that the executives and the Oireachtas and the the branch and constituencies uh, structures they also have women across them because. That is also seen as one of the the bastions of men. Uh, And we need to ensure that that women are politically engaged at a party level as well, Uh, because these are all pipelines. You know, the the councils are quite often the pipeline of candidates for the national elections, but so are the parties and the party structures as well. And we we need to ensure that that women are happy and, and positioned and engaged within political parties Within student union politics, um, recently we've been looking um, at there was a couple of publications looking at student union politics and the predominance of men within student union politics, and again that can come back to the the old chestnut of confidence. Going back um, to
1: party politics, Kieran, I think you made a really good point there. I often wonder about what it must be like for a woman to discover that maybe her main enemy is the other is the other. Uh, candidate in her own party. Mm. Are most of the women who come to you aware of all this? Are they aware of the the, the, the difficulties of proportional representation? And 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 is is that one? Of, is that a big hurdle for women to cross? Knowing that the people in their own party may be their most terrifying rivals.
2: And and I suppose our our system of proportional representation and our multi-seat constituency and, and all of that does ensure that quite often you're. you're Keenest rival is your constituency colleague. And that's not unique to women. Uh, that, that's men and women. Uh, and some of the women who will come to us would be very, very aware of that and very adept at managing that and and um, working within their party. And other women wouldn't necessarily be. Um, and part of that quite often, as well as the the, the the five C's that I've spoken about earlier, within party structures... Tradition is a big part of it. Um, you know, quite often um, the constituency chairperson is the constituency chairperson because they have been for a long time and their father was before them and their grandfather was before them. And and that can be quite a challenge for anyone, particularly women, to then say, I want to put myself forward for that particular role. Uh, so so that is part of it. Um, and all of it plays into then having more women within our our wider political system.
1: I interviewed Jennifer Palmieri, who was Hillary Clinton's um, director of communications in that (laughs) unbelievably terrible campaign. Um, And she talked about all the issues around women and ambition and how this has to be projected to the voters in order to make the woman seem less fearsome, I suppose. Is, is that discussed in, in, on your course, how to make yourself In Hillary's case, they had, to, they had to devise a strategy that she would always talk about being, being of service to people, that she was there to help so that people wouldn't be too threatened by her. Is, is that an issue on, on, your, on your courses?
2: Well, our courses, particularly our Inspire courses, they're, they're focused on communications, confidence and campaigning. Um, and part of communications is about communicating your best self um, within politics. And there, there are always issues um, around women as leaders and, and uh, there's this old chestnut there that, that people believe that women don't vote for women. Um, And research is showing that that's not actually the case and and that's not true. Uh, So so I think a lot of the concerns that may have been there previously around how women communicate, how women position themselves, showing their strength. um, We need to be, I suppose, managing that, but also ensuring that women can show leadership and show their strength and have that confidence in their communication so that they are putting their best self forward. Um, because quite often it, it does come back to that confidence aspect. Uh, and a strong woman is nothing to be afraid of. Well, we know that, kirin Um, it's how to
1: strategize for that I think that Jennifer Palmieri talked sort of feelingly about you know how how Hillary Clinton's uh, she was most uh, the most popular thing about her was that she had gone to work for President Obama the man who had beaten her because it showed that she was prepared to Basically, know her place. So I'm afraid we're still up against it in many ways. You have a number of high profile women on the board who I presume are there as role models or as as people to help with business, uh, which is a huge part of this fundraising and everything. People like Dragons Den investor Alison Cowser. Is is that a, is that a, a, a big is that a key thing to have on the board?
2: We we have a great board. Um, Largely women, um, one man, who were all... Who's the man? Derek Q from DCU, who I suppose came to Women for Election having looked at student union politics and, and seen that there weren't enough women coming forward. Um, but that board is very committed to Women for Election, is fantastic at fundraising because, as with any NGO, funding is always a problem and... Women for Election doesn't receive any core funding. Uh, so we are very much reliant on fundraising. And the board also then would, I suppose, take a very strategic view in terms of the the positioning of the organization and the, the long-term outlook on the organization because it does tend to be cyclical as as these organizations go. It has its ebbs and flows that follow the electoral cycle. Uh, but the board are very much driving the mission of Women for Election. And it's great that there is that diversity within the board and bringing that range of views and perspectives, uh, because quite often, having been involved myself in the NGO world for uh, more than twenty years at this stage, we quite often our boards tend to be from the NGO world tend to be bringing a particular perspective. Women for Election is quite different in that in that we are bringing. A different group of women together, um, and and bringing those different perspectives as well, which in itself is very important because we need that diversity amongst women as well.
1: Karen, um have you sought advice from from various groups in the US who have been through the the, the hell of the past few years, uh, such as the White House Project or Emily's List or any of those, where there have been huge surges of of, of, of membership and women wanting to run?
2: Women for Election, its co-founders Neve Gallagher and Michelle O'Donnell-Keaton would have worked um, quite closely with a number of groups in the US and particularly Emily's List during the early days. I myself haven't linked in with them yet, but that's simply because I'm there for a couple of months (laughs) and I'm still finding my way around. Uh, But certainly there's a huge amount to learn from them and others around the world in terms of their different approaches and what works for them and what doesn't. Women for Election, in its own way, is actually quite unique. Uh, because we take a non partisan approach, we welcome and support women across the political spectrum. That's a good point. Because
1: Emily's list is, is for democratic women, for example. Absolutely. Yes. and, and so you're quite, entirely neutral. We're on that.
2: entirely neutral on this and, and would support women across the political spectrum, across all parties and none. Um, and, and I think that's one of the key strengths of Women for Election. And we're also somewhat different from a lot of the others in that many of the organisations would be very effective and very good at campaigning and advocacy, but may not necessarily provide the practical training support that women for election provide. So while we look to others and, of course, seek advice and work with them, we're also quite conscious that we haven't yet found any other organisation that does quite what we do either.
1: OK, and it's working. Yeah, you you are attracting big surges of interest, I gather, in in, uh, in your courses.
2: We are. We would have published our uh, training dates for our Inspire courses, which is a, a one-day course. Um, as I was saying, the, the, the one-day course focused on confidence, communications and campaigns. And I'm just going to get a plug in for the particular dates. Um, we have courses in June, the 9th of June in Dublin, the 23rd of June in Cork, and then in the autumn, the 22nd of September in Dublin and the 20th of October in Galway. Bookings for the first two courses, the June courses, have opened. and We've already had a steady flow of interested women uh, booking or letting us know that they're interested. How many can you accommodate? We have 50 places on all the courses. Um, it's We're charging €199 Euro for that course. And then, of course, there's a booking fee on top of that. So it comes in at 209 and that... Um, while very expensive for a lot of women is also a hugely subsidised training course Um, we had a crowdfunding campaign last year and thanks to it and its success we're now able to ensure that uh, we can subsidise those places and we will later in the year be putting on scholarship places that will be fully funded as well Brilliant uh, All of this, assuming there's no snap general election in the meantime. Well, indeed, I see
1: somebody in our own paper um, urging Stephen Collins is urging Leo I to go ahead in the election. Earlier. Yes, yeah. I say you were. Um, what what are what are you working towards at the moment? Are you working towards the general election now, the, the possible election? Of course, you don't know. Are the local elections in 2000? Because the local elections are next year as well.
2: Well, we're. I suppose we have a. A lovely, organised, planned, neat looking training schedule for the local and European elections next year. Um, and and we've that set out and planned, and we aim to train a thousand women between now and then. Um, we're also very conscious that there's a strong possibility of uh, a general election in the meantime. So we're also drawing up a training programme of Shorter courses, half-day masterclasses, particularly around areas such as social media, um, public speaking, debating, those types of issues, because we're quite conscious that once an election is called, candidates, men or women, aren't necessarily going to be taking time out to do training. So we want to ensure that as many of those are out and available um, well in advance uh, and to ensure then that we're, we're keeping the issue of women in politics and women for election very high on the agenda in terms of the public debate across the media um, because there is within the wider world that there's so much going on at the moment, the Me Too movement, politics across the world, but particularly in the US, that there is so much more interest in in women putting themselves forward and, and women um, be, being elected. But unless we seize this moment, unless we drive forward on it, it'll just be out there in the atmosphere. Uh, we need to ensure that there is a change rather than just a debate and discussion. Change.
1: Um, Are you embedded enough to know who some of the women are that the organisation has worked with in the past?
2: Um, Yes, we would have quite a few um, women who would have come through our doors and and engaged in the different training. We would have had... um, Half of the women elected to the council would have gone through council elections in the last local elections, would have gone through women for election training. And 40%, just about half of them, yeah. And then 40% of newly elected TDs are have gone through the women for election training as well.
1: That is a fantastic note to go out on, Cairne de Bush
2: who is no relation of the Bush dynasty. In the Absolutely not. She
1: wants to make very clear. Kirin, the best of luck with your work. Uh, you're only there a few months and we look forward very much to you not having too much too soon to deal with.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's it for today. Thank you to our guest, Kirin de Bush. And just a reminder that if you're interested in finding out more about Women for Election's work, then you should go to womenforelection.ie and you can find them on Twitter at Women for election. That's women and the number four, election. Today's podcast was produced by myself, Roisin Ingle, and by Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thanks for listening.